This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moran. So this week on the podcast, we have the incredible Danielle Gallagher. Danielle is an actress, she's a friend, and I'm so glad to have her. Danielle is one of the very few that we had on season one, and since then, it's been amazing to see what she's done. You'll probably best know Danny from Shadow and Bone, the smash hit Netflix show where she stars. She's also been in Lakelands, an Irish feature film, which is due to come out this May. I can't wait to see it. She's also in Kin on RTE at the moment. Obituary is to come out too, and Danielle is literally one of Ireland's biggest rising stars. It's such a pleasure to have her on the podcast. She's one of my favourite people and I can't wait for you to hear this chat. Guys, this is also our final episode of Personality Bingo Season 2, so please enjoy. It's the perfect way to end it. Please enjoy the amazing Danny Galligan playing Personality Bingo. Danielle Gallagher, ready to play personality bingo? Born ready. Okay, so <laughs> I'll give a quick explainer of how it all works. You've done this before, you're an old pro. But yeah, basically, we've got for the people at home. 60 minutes on the clock. We've got 60 balls in here and I've got 60 corresponding questions. I've also given you a sheet of paper with five numbers on it. Uh, will you read out the five? 12, 30, 48, 3, 19... Uh, I also left a, a space for you to fill in a six number, but you, you did it already in spite of instructions. <laughs> so so would you tell the people how you fucked up the game with what number? Um, well, this is the first way I've fucked up the game. I'm sure there'll be other ways that I do it over the 60 minutes. I chose the number 13. Any reason? Um, I don't know. I just love that number. I've always loved that number. I feel like it's like a, I don't know. Is it like unlucky for some or something? Mm. The number 13? Yeah, I don't it's know. Unlucky. I, I think like it's unlucky in bingo specifically. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'll take my odds. Yeah, and it's um, kind of witchy. And you've also got... Do you know what I mean? It's witchy. You've got nuns on your shirt who are smoking too, I which know. I just noticed actually, but yeah, they're, they're good my, too. They're my bad habits. Yeah. I carry them around like my emotional baggage. I like it. Um, thanks so much. Um, I should say that if all six of them numbers come out, which has never happened, mm. and as we know, this is the last episode of yeah, season two. Maybe the last episode ever. Who knows? Um, but that means if that happens, that the tables are turned and you can ask me any question in the whole wide world, I'll give you a totally honest answer. Done. Um, okay. And there's also one addendum added thing. I don't know. Yes. I don't know what the word is. But since you last played, there's a. Uh, you'll appreciate this. I've added in the number sixty nine, <laughs> and that means. Why that would I appreciate that? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> What's the significance <laughs> of that number? <laughs> but if uh, if that does come out, that means that I have a special Daniel Galligan question that. I've handwritten today for you. Oh my God, stunning. Mm-hmm. I want to know what it is anyway. All right, we'll give it a spin. Yeah, let's go. Okay. Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. What? <laughs> it just wouldn't work. <laughs> I had to give it like two spin. Okay, first number out is number 21. Do you have it? No, I have 12, which is it backwards. <laughs> and useless. Um, <laughs> number 21, okay. Observant but useless. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you said a prayer? Um, genuinely or I was leaving how to say this my housemate's girlfriend was going to walk the sugar loaf with his father the other day right. and um, and she was like oh god you know as we are with our spouses parents like oh say a prayer for me and I was like yeah don't worry be grand dignomini patri et filii et spiritus santi amen I walked out so that's technically a prayer um, do you know what it means was that, that's Latin <laughs> that's Latin okay. and then it was the father and the son and the holy spirit oh. amen yeah, that's what they do, isn't it? Yeah, how do you know that, 
can we ever get away from our Catholic upbringing, Tom? Yeah. Can we ever? But you're not old enough for like mass and Latin. No, I guess I'm not. Movies and things. Yeah. Fair. It's weird. It's like <laughs> I, I feel like it's like implanted from a past it's been life. Implanted. <laughs> I was just about yeah. to say from a past life. Um, but no, a prayer. Okay, I I don't really have prayers, but I do have like little t- t- times when. I like try visualize something that I really like want in the future. So mm. like w- my my old housemate in London used to call them a- angel numbers. Mm. So if you get like 11, 11, 14, 14, 13, 13, 15, 15. I remember you used to look them up all the time, like on the clock, if that makes sense. You see it. You go to look at your phone and it's like 11, 11. Yeah. Um, and they all used to have different meanings. Like if you get a lot of 11, 11s, apparently it's new beginnings or... 1515 15 is about like love, I think. I can't remember any, all of them, any mm. or all of them. But now when it happens, I kind of just take a minute. And it's more bit, maybe like a mindful moment of being like, feel your feet on the ground, have a little breath, visualize something that like you really want that's in your future already. That's a nice thing. Mm. So it's like slight, yeah, kind of a prayer, I guess, but also like a a little mindful meditative, this is where we're heading, refocus moment. Can, can you think of something that you put that focus on? Um, like isn't what I'm wishing for mm. well if I told you then it won't come true oh really yeah 100% okay. yeah privado <laughs> <laughs> it has it has it but has, have you done it and it's happened and it's already come true yeah I do have weird things where I'll write things on lists if really? you see here in the back of my phone I have my list um, currently tr- I'm looking for somewhere to live <laughs> aren't we all in Dublin um, and I was like okay these are the things that I want uh or need and then you have to go into like if it's a thing you want why do you want it Mm. and is it a need or is it you just like being greedy Mm. so I try to like narrow it down to be like okay well I definitely need this I need this I need this I need this so that when you go and like view places you're not like uh, just accepting something that is less than what you need Mm -hmm. because I think accepting something that's less than what you want is okay because it's just a want it's a bonus Mm. Whereas when you have a need, it's like, some you know, the hierarchy of needs or whatever. It's actually something that's important to you, keeping your mental health and stuff in mm. check. So I think, you know, sometimes when your self-worth maybe wobbles with our inconsistent lives and careers, you can go, oh, I'll just take it, whatever. I just need somewhere to live. Mm. And it's like, actually, no, you need to just wait and hold out for this thing that's on your piece of paper or else down the road, you'll feel like repercussions. Mm. So that's what I do with my little lists. They're my prayers, I guess. My lists are my little prayers. I love that so much. Mm. And like, but that, so that one, like, right, with the, the one versus need, that feels like, I mean, I don't know, you're using the example of like housing specific mm-hmm. there, but will you do that even, for instance, if it's like, like romantically or 100%. career-wise? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do it for everything. Yeah. I actually, I was laughing because <laughs> I have a lovely, lovely human in my life that I am madly in love with at the moment and I'm feeling very lucky and blessed. And everyone's like, oh my God, like how? How'd you find him or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I literally wrote a list <laughs> of all the things. Mm. And I went for want and need on that one. It's like two A4 pages long. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I still have it and he's it. He's all of it. Really? Yeah, it's so <laughs> hilarious. It's he's like, joke. can I read it? And I'm like, no. But I went through it with my mum and I was like, uh, do we think this? And she's like, yeah, I'd say that. And I'm like, OK, do we think this? And she's like, probably too early to tell. So given it a few months, then we'll know about that. And I was like, OK, but um, but yeah, it seems to work. And then also, I think what's good about my friend does it as well when she was dating, because like you have your lists again of like things that you need versus things that you want. And I think when we're looking for relationships and things like so often we we look for what feels familiar and comfortable mm. in the dynamic of the love that you're receiving or the the kind of partner partner's personality type as opposed to what you actually need 
to make a healthy, happy relationship last the rest of your life, which is, you know, what some of us are looking for. So I think that having those lists is really good because you're like, that's not what you need. That's just like a dynamic of love that you learned growing up. Mm. And just because it feels familiar doesn't mean it's right. So I think it's good to have those lists because then every time you go on a date, you go, okay, well, what did I like? What didn't I like? And then I thought I wanted this, but actually I don't want that. Mm. And I don't really care about that, but actually I do know what I really need. And I think it's like so often, maybe as well as an Irish thing, we kind of just go, oh, but we're just so lucky to have whatever. And you are 100% to be grateful for everything that you have. But I think, yeah, we're allowed to maybe, I don't know, just get in touch with those things that you really need. We're allowed, we're entitled. Mm. Or we are worthy of the things that we really need, I think. I think I'm going to steal, because I, I wrote a list about, mm-hmm. I, I did write a list about partners, like mm. before I met Rosie. And I, and it's funny as well, because I, I totally agree on that. Some of the things that, like I, I would say pretty much all of that list, like you would be really easy to be like, absolutely. But there's mm. one or two things in that list that like I thought looked a certain way. Yeah. And now having experienced mm. like what a relationship is like with Roisin and kind of like the feeling that I wanted before I was in that relationship, I'm like, oh, it is that feeling, but it's in a different way. Yeah, 100%. You know. Yeah, I completely agree. I had that as well because I was like obsessed with stability. Mm. I think obviously because in the career that I'm in, it's just something that we'll never have really. Do Like, you know, I mean, for periods of time, absolutely. But honest, like if you look at the longevity of it all, there'll always be when you just don't know what's coming next. Mm. So absolutely gorgeous embrace it we couldn't do an office job even if you tried but I always had this thing of like someone who's stable like in the career stable stability blah 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 and then I was like talking to my cousin about it and he's like no you don't and I was like what, what do you mean he's like you don't want stability and I was like uh, no I like that's what I again I need that and he's like no you don't you want someone with drive you want someone with ambition you want someone who's not going to give up you don't need someone who has like work stability you just need someone who's going to get up and hustle every day like you get up and hustle and I was like oh yeah I mean again it's yeah he and he was so right and mm. I was like that's actually way more important and maybe you can have both I guess but but yeah there was something about that I was like like I guess what you're saying about what you think you what you think again what you think you need and unless you go into really why you need it then yeah I don't know it's just again getting to know yourself better as well and I'm always in the pursuit of trying to get to know myself better yeah that's in, like you brought up um, your mom and then a cousin there right and like mm. I, I know your mom and yeah. you're a very special mom yeah, uh, so yeah, yeah I do yeah yeah we're <laughs> lucky and um, but and you're, you're but I would say you're and I don't know but I would think you're closer to your mom than I am to my mom even though I'm very close to my mom but I, for instance I wouldn't go through like a list like that oh, with yeah, my fair. mom right okay fair and I'm wondering like is there stuff though that you don't share with your mom yeah I mean I think it's that thing uh, yeah yeah like I wouldn't really share it being like oh I want a really spicy sex life <laughs> like I'm not gonna say that to my mom <laughs> um, so I just left that one off the list <laughs> but um said to her now <laughs> and not that that's on the list uh, that was just like uh, an example well, we know, the, the list is just a big willy <laughs> the list is just a giant here we are talking about willies again what's a willy I wouldn't know what that is um, <laughs> um, the list is just 69 over and over and over again <laughs> Um, but yeah, so obviously there are things because that makes me slightly uncomfortable. And also I don't want to put her in a weird, uncomfortable place. But honestly, it's not like it's not like you try to keep it from her either. Like, you know, when I was younger and I needed to go on contraception, she was the first person I went to mm. or things that like and I needed emergency contraception or whatever. I mean, kind of we've all been there <laughs> um, or if you haven't well done. <laughs> um, but yeah, like there's things like that where I, like, if you're really in need or if I really needed advice, like ultimately. I would go to her and have in the past. So it's not like you hide it from her and we don't talk about it or joke about it. But um, 
but yeah I wouldn't go into it too. Um, yeah <laughs> that's kind of it but no other than that she knows absolutely everything about me it's yeah. so weird and then it's just how much I tell her based off the, um, the person like if I if it's in relation to my partner or whatever there's some things obviously that he wouldn't want me to be mm. share even if I'm struggling with it we'll like work those things out together because I'm like I can't just I tell my mom everything but also you have to be respectful of other people's boundaries within that mm-hmm. but um, but yeah no she's a special lady she is a special lady right we give it a spin go for it okay you spin me right round baby <laughs> right round please don't do that every time okay sorry it's number 51 no okay number 51 oh what is your relationship to fame interesting um I sometimes kind of go like uh, yeah I don't know I don't know I think that it's um and like a necessary evil or something not necessary evil but I mean it's a it's kind of an offshoot or an accepted unavoidable offshoot of doing our jobs mm-hmm. in a weird way and I think that yeah I've thought about this a lot so I'm trying to like mm. I don't know where I'm at with it really but um, I think there's a difference between or maybe to so that I can sleep at night <laughs> um, I tried to think that there's a difference between fame and celebrity mm. and I feel that like in our culture now like you know obviously we remember I grew up with tabloids and things like that um obviously still quite young at the time but that was kind of the culture of those kind of things like people were kind of just in newspapers just in tabloids and now we have social media which has meant that like our access to our lives is obviously expanded in a profound way um so within that I think it's given rise to kind of I guess what used to be used to would have been like a socialite like a Paris Hilton or Mm. Kim Kardashian or whatever who kind of to me anyway like I know they're women with careers and I actually watched the Paris Hilton documentary and I love her and have such respect for her but there was a sense of oh she's famous because she is party girl or they'd be out or whatever so it, t- that to me is like that's like celebrity mm. where you're kind of famous for who you are and I think fame to me is like more you being known for what you do mm-hmm. and um and so I think in a way I'm kind of can be, I don't, I don't like, I can be chill with the notion of fame because I'm like, oh, well, at least you're creating work or art that is like connecting with people. Mm. And therefore people are then seeing your work and feeling, you know, connected with, I guess. <laughs> um, and and then therefore then know who you are. And that's kind of okay. I can kind of, I can get on board with that. But the whole, yeah, I think yeah, just being like a Heidi Montag type of, fame celebrity I don't know it's a very fine line I guess and maybe I'm just kind of trying to clutch at straws because I'm trying to understand it myself as we go on this journey of our careers and people come see your shows or your watch your tv show and stuff and it's weird because at the end of the day like I just want to you know I go to the gym go get a coffee and just you know be in my pajamas if that's what I want and if the notion of that being taken away from me I get very kind of touchy about um but then again on the other hand of it you know I don't know. I don't know, honestly, Tom. I really don't know. I'm in yeah. so two minds about it. I was like, even because I think the social media thing, like everyone's like, you have like loads of followers. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. And like, I was, <laughs> I just still have like, got, got this kind of like rebellious, like in, den- like in denial kind of attitude towards the whole thing. Because I was like, put up a picture of my auntie's dog being like, oh, dog therapy for Sunday or whatever. And I had his um, little collar on it with um, 
with my auntie's phone number, like if lost, return to. And then my cousin Andy was like, well done, Danielle. 400,000 people now have Karina's phone number. And I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah. So there's things like that. And I'm getting into the notion now of like, you know, I, I put up a picture of me and my mom and then it gets like reshared on all these other platforms. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, fine, reshare me in my job and stuff, that's cool. But like, that's my mom, like maybe leave her out of it, but that's my fault for bringing her into the fray and stuff. So it's kind of weird. I think it can be the most amazing thing. Um, But then also, yeah, I think it can also be an invasive thing, the notion of fame and being famous and stuff. Yeah, like as well though, it must be, because even as your friend, like I kind of have, I, like aside from uh, like being aware, like, oh yeah, Jesus, Danielle's Instagram's blown up since she was on a yeah. big show, as one would expect. Mm. But I kind of have no real idea as to how that like affects your day to day. Like mm. on the ground, just walking through Dublin, walking into the studio, going to the gym to get the coffee, whatever. Like, yeah. is, is, is that job, has it changed how you can move through your life? Um, no, not really. Mm. Like, I mean, day to day, nah grand um there'll be the odd time happens in airports all the time yeah when people uh, you'd be recognized or whatever and i'm like it's always so lovely they're always so kind and like ultimately we talk about the work we talk about nina zenick or we talk about like whatever it might be so then it just becomes this nice sharing of like you know uh, why i love i love nina zenick so much and she's helped me through so much and it's them excuse me, I just burped, them saying um, (laughs) why they love Nina Zenik and how she's helped them. And like those kind of connections are lovely. So like that is just lovely and special and I enjoy that. But then there's also like the times I think I was, again, really hung over in the shop trying to decide, you know, about food and when you're hung over and food and I was just like, oh, and I had like, was holding like a bag of toilet roll and a box of Cocoa Pops and bin bags maybe I don't know and hadn't showered and probably still had you know when you just have the remnants of mascara mm. I'd had a really good night let's just say I was like in a juicy tracksuit and you know in those moments when people are like are you Danielle Galligan and I'm like oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> um, not right now <laughs> not right now I am some kind of slug woman but um, come out and come find me tomorrow and then um, so there is kind of I guess like yeah I I don't think about it all the time. Mm. There are times when I'm like, yeah, it's always a nice surprise, I guess. I don't walk around being like, oh, I better put makeup on because someone's going to recognize me. Because mm. I just don't think, you know, my career at the, at the moment has that reach and I'm kind of cool with that. I'm just going to do what I do. But um, but yeah, it does kind of, I guess other people think about things. Like uh, my cousin Andy will like slag me all the time being like, get the blue tick out there and get the free hotel room or whatever. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> like, I don't think it works that way. Yeah, I think yeah. everyone on the outside, oh, sorry. I think everyone on the outside has like an, another, uh, another notion of like how it works or something. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. And also it's a very, uh, you know, the show is huge, but it doesn't, there's still loads of people who've never heard of it and never seen it and mm. don't know who I am. So I'm kind of fine. Like I'm grand. I can just roam around. I'm okay. Is it weird that, um, like I, I don't know. Is it weird playing a beloved character, right? Mm. Like, as opposed to, say, in, like, in, for instance, like, Lakelands, right? Which is, like, yeah. you know, a beautiful story that, like, mm. the lads dreamt up from no 
pre-existent IP to the best of my knowledge, right? Yeah. And so like it's a different thing than playing someone who's, as you said, like beloved by like a pre-existing fan base from pre-existing IP and all the kind of expectation and responsibility mm. that comes with that. Yeah. I suppose just like even because even as an actor, that's not something I've ever really thought about. Yeah. Because like it's kind of like it, it feels like another thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like what what has that been like? Yeah, hard. It was really hard at the start. What's IP, by the way? Uh, intellectual property. Oh, delicious. Write that one down. <laughs> um, yeah, it was really hard, really scary. I think there's... um. Uh, yeah, scary, I think... Yeah, where to start? Um, I think, yeah, with the books, like, obviously, Nina Zenik represents a certain type of woman. And a all characters represent certain types of people, don't get me wrong. But I think what this so great about this show and so great about the existing material is that, like, all the characters are from such diverse backgrounds and have such diverse, um, like, life experience and life experiences. Um, and I think that's the real beauty of it because... You know, judging by the canon, we all know that that's not always the case. Um, obviously, times are so much better now than they ever were. But um, but yeah. So I think that for young girls, young women especially, Nina Zenik has become kind of a beacon of like hope and acceptance and empowerment and self love. Um, and also I think that call a spade a spade. I'll be blunt. Like plus size women are still crying out for representation in major kind of media and streaming sites like that and shows. Um, I mean, they're there. Don't get me wrong. And again, I'll reiterate times are so much better than they were. But even still, I still think I'm disappointed with um with how times have gone. So naturally, then when Nina Zenik in the books is like the way that her she's physically described and everything like that, like I naturally 100 percent as a woman or whatever who we all have our body struggles and body images it's all relative blah blah blah. but you do latch on and it does give you like oh finally i'm going to see myself up there and representation is really important just like like all our work is there to make people feel less alone to make them feel connected to reflect society to reflect life and when it's doing that and you're you feel like you're not being reflected it's like why is your experience or your existence then not being reflected to you in the same way that everyone else's is so when people find these characters they latch on to them for yeah for to ho for hope i guess and for acceptance and i totally appreciate that so i think taking that on was really hard because i'm just an actor <laughs> do you know what i mean i'm just here to like do this weird job um and and then you become the character because you then become the physical manifestation of the character i guess then you know sometimes that that hope and that like you, you you know people then uh, attribute that to you as a human as opposed mm. to the character um, and I found that quite difficult because I was like oh, I'm just struggling with it like the rest of you I don't have the answers um, and I find it hard day to day struggling with all these kind of things so I mean you know glad to be part of the conversation but ultimately I'm not where the book stops and I think then also we've all done it we've all read the books when we're younger and we all have our certain book series that when it was turned into like TV or film, we we're like, why the hell did they cast that person? Or that's not how I saw it in my head. Or that's not this or that's not that. And I was like, yeah, well, everyone's going to have their own Nina in their head and I can't be all of those Ninas. And then I remember very specifically, it was either, I think it was Marty Ray came in and chatted to us in college as like a professional development session. And he was talking about playing Hamlet, I think it was. 
And he said that, you know, he'd always struggle because he, or maybe it wasn't Hamlet, but it was some kind of character, like that canonical character that gets, you know, replayed and replayed and replayed. Um, and he was like, oh, I was really struggling because I couldn't see myself in this part. And he was like, how am I going to get my body to look like the character or whatever? How am I going to change myself to look like the character? And he said that after a while, he just stopped and he went, I am playing this character. This character looks like me now. And I am entitled to take up that space as the character because this is only our version. And in our version, the character looks like this. So it's not the definitive version. The play's going to go on again in a couple of years, just like they're already remaking Harry Potter. <laughs> Do you know that kind of way? Um, so I think that helped me a lot thinking like that. Like, I'm kind of like, I'm just one version of the character and you know all the other versions still exist in all those other people's heads it's still theirs I don't want to take away from their IP um but um <laughs> but um but yeah and I think I remember seeing at the start before I read the book so I was doing the audition just typed in the character and like all this like wealth of fan art existed already mm. and like all wildly different because of each artist's own art, like artistic style. All the characters, there's a theme, lots of red, lots of long brown hair, lots of gorgeousness. Um, but all the, all the versions, all the different fan artistic interpretations of the character were actually quite different. Mm. So I'm kind of going like, they all exist and I'm just like another version of fan art mm -hmm. there at the end of it. So that's how I've reasoned it out in my brain to take the pressure off because I did feel pressure because you don't want to let people down. Mm. You don't want to disappoint, especially when, you know, it is quite a, or it can feel like there's um, a, an emotional attachment to characters. You know, people call them their comfort characters and things like that. And mm. I know I have my characters or versions or, you know, you even know that feeling sometimes you just go see a film and you walk out feeling like you can do anything. Mm. Sometimes, I remember that feeling from when I was younger. I'm like, there's certain characters where I'm like, oh, it's actually okay. Like, look at that person there on that. Like, it does give you, and I felt that comfort. And I don't, and my biggest fear would be to take that away from anyone. So yeah, I've struggled with that a lot. But um, but ultimately, you actually just can't please anyone. Or everyone, sorry. <laughs> that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> so, give up. <laughs> but, uh, but no, sorry, that's my long spiel on that one. Yeah, I love it. Right. We <laughs> yeah, spin. We give it <laughs> spin when you're winning. Oh, oh, oh my God. Okay, so. Can you get that? Yeah. I, sorry, uh, just for, for the listener, a bingo ball flew through the air. What number was flew it? Flew through the air. You know, in a tarot deck, when you're shuffling, you have to take the tarot card that jumps out because that's the angels being like, you need to hear this one. It's um, N44. Do you have it? <laughs> that wasn't as realistic an example <laughs> as you thought. <laughs> you know, when you're shuffling and taking tar tarot cards. No. <laughs> Niche. <laughs> Niche. Yeah, I'm a straight Some of you man, out there know what I'm talking about. N44. Do you have it? Um, is there an N on it? It says N, yeah. Oh, that's weird. Oh, I think that might be from like the other set. Because like, I, I think a few did get lost. So we had to Anyway. 44. There's no N, but I do have 44. Oh, okay, this is interesting. Can, okay. I, can I have the ball? I don't like that you can have I, it. No, I want to keep it now. Okay. This is going to stay on my side. It's you have your collection. I'm allowed to have mine. Yeah, it's a weird power thing. Yeah. You you don't have it. No. What? No, have I don't have it. Um, Number 44. If you were time capsuling your life with an item that best sums you up, what would the first item you'd put in? Jesus. I mean, this day and age is very hard not to say your phone. I'm mm. not going to say it, but it's such an easy answer because it has absolutely everything I care about in one place. Um, time capsuling an item. But then you wouldn't have your phone. Like, I think, so, I, I, I don't know, it's actually kind of a clunky question, but like the thing that best sums you up or like the thing that's most important to you.
And I just like put my family in a box and just trap them. Like a mass grave. Yeah, just trap them underground. <laughs> I think it would just be my family. I'd be like, sorry guys. <laughs> when, you, when you say family, right, how many people like do you have in your head? Like, do you is, are you thinking like cousins and like aunties and uncles, the whole thing? Or are you yeah. thinking like... Yeah, kind of. I yeah. just think about whoever whoever was there at Christmas dinner this year. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which I think was like nine people mm. um, of Extendo. Extendo Famalam. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> okay. Well, I'll do a picture of them then. Would that be okay? Yeah. Like a picture from Christmas dinner and put that in the capsule so they can still live their yeah um, lives. <laughs> yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, I love yeah. my family. I think that um, I was talking about this the other day because obviously families are so they're contentious and uh, as a topic and you know I like to make sweeping statements like oh family's everything blah 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 but it's not and it's not to old people you can't choose them and. Your family's just full of humans. It's not full of, you know, it's like just because you call someone mother doesn't mean that they're a good person or whatever. It means different things to every person, obviously. Um, and you can't choose them. But uh, but I, yeah, and like, I guess what I like about it is that I just think of it as this, like that, like a Christmas dinner table or we do family dinners on Sundays and, you know, you'll make as many as you can. Sometimes you can't be there. Sometimes and people kind of come and come in and come out and spouses and things like that and dogs. And I'm just like, oh, you know, uh, I guess because we were like a little extended family like that, like whatever the nine, eleven people or whatever that was there or that are there. Um, we're all very different. and We're all from very different backgrounds, pursuing different things in our lives. And sometimes I won't talk to when I'm like, I won't talk to my uncle for like a month and then I'll just come sit down at family dinner. And it's like, oh, sorry, I keep hitting the mic. I'm getting very handsy. It's all right. um, but yeah, and like no matter what, there's always a place for me at that table. And I think that's what is I love about my family. Like no matter who's doing what or uh, yeah, how much someone hasn't been in contact or how much someone's pissed us off or if people have had a fight or there's some kind of schism or something like everyone still has a seat at the table mm. regardless of all of that kind of stuff. And you might talk about it, you might not. Or And I think in those moments you just kind of, you forget everything and sure, you know, people are, you know, you know, even the family dinners in, in and of themselves can be like stressful and someone said something that's pissed you off and someone stormed off or something or sometimes they're really peaceful and calm. But irregardless of all of that, we're together and there's a space for you. And I think that's a really nice feeling mm. that I like that sums up. Sums up my family, I was going to say, because the time capsule question is like sums up who I am as a person or mm. my life or something. Mm. I don't know. That's just one of my favorite things about my life, I guess, that like I know ultimately no matter how good I'm doing, how bad I'm doing, uh, and I mean that in terms of yeah, a career or relationships or mental health or physical health or whatever, there's a space for me somewhere and that's a lovely thing. So that's my family. Fireside is the Irish storytelling podcast. Every week you'll hear tales of mythic Irish gods, Arthurian knights or Norse Vikings. There is folklore from Ireland and around the world, and even historical legends like Brian Boru and Gráinne Whale. Whether from poetry or prose, lyric or legend, if there is a good story at the heart of it, you'll find it here. I'm Kevin C. Olihan. I'm your host and fireside bard. With over 150 episodes and rising, there has never been a better time to join us by the fireside. so funny even like speaking about you know people's relationship to shadow and bone and those characters mm. or speaking about your own family and like it's kind of 
it's kind of like because the words that like come up again and again like it's almost embarrassing but it's like belonging acceptance <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like it, it it we're so simple yeah we, exactly we like, really are <laughs> we really are like we're so simple and it, it like and it makes me reflect then about like some of the things we do in like not like not just in like i, I mean i think it's really easy to like talk about like social media in that context mm. but but even like just interpersonally you know when like we exclude I mean like mm. so like the really like obvious basic bit version that I have no real interest in talking about is something like cancel culture or mm. something like that mm-hmm. but but it is fundamentally like kind of a an unbelonging of people mm. being yeah. you know and then even on a smaller level which I think is kind of more interesting like you know when we yeah what, like and and you know and also sometimes it's necessary when you have like relationships that stop working or yeah, become destructive sure. or whatever the thing yeah. is and you kind of have to unbelong yourself. Yeah. But I suppose like all the, <laughs> but all the, and, and like even I was thinking about a couple of friends I have who've been together for, for so long, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? For mm-hmm. like, you know, one of them yeah. couples from your, your school who've just like, it's always been their, their, their thing. And like, I don't know if you're nosy like me, sometimes like you, you know, kind of like f- find yourself just thinking like, are they, is that, are they? you know, like, I guess like, trying to work out if that's the best thing for them which is obviously yeah. bananas because how the fuck would I know yeah. but like it's kind of fun to, to <laughs> yeah. pretend but like and also yeah I suppose like the the kind of and even thinking about times in, in my life where like you've had to yeah you've had to um, separate from from things that you were really attached to from things that you mm. loved so much and like just that like real visceral like pain yeah 100% of that like it's kind like it's it's kind of it's kind of everything it's kind of like all good mm. art and all big feelings mm-hmm. in one there's no question yeah there. well I like, know yeah well absolutely um spin the thing no I'm joking um yeah well I think that's the thing like even if we go back to just the notion of that of art and at the very basis of it like I mean it's I guess everyone will have a different answer but in terms of all that connection and stuff like you go back to the first forms of art were like cave paintings because we didn't have writing. So it was about like communicating or, or leaving your stamp that you were here for the next generation to understand what came before or something like that. And I'm just like that always to me when I'm feeling because, you know, you get all highfalutin or you get all, I don't know, you lose touch with yourself. You lose touch with what's important and blah, blah, blah. And this career, I think as well. Yeah, the fame thing or blah, 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 followers or why wasn't I seen for that or that person's doing that? You know, it can be hard, obviously we're only human and I think when I get stressed or down about any of that stuff I kind of just go back to that and I'm like wait what are you doing here though like what are you doing what's your purpose like what is you what why yeah what what, what forget all that what do you come yeah. back to that kind of that notion of mm. those like cave paintings <laughs> of like ultimately what are you trying to do here and you're like I'm just trying to leave my little cave painting on the thing so that someone else can see it and feel they're like oh I know that or I feel that or yes feel connection I guess maybe yeah, I think you always I always flip it and I'm like, I'm in service of the people and I want the people to feel connected and not alone and see themselves reflected when really it's probably about me as well, though. Like I want to feel connected to something mm-hmm. or connected to something greater or bigger or something more important or yeah, probably something like that. And I think, yeah, b- belonging to have your place, all those things. And I think ultimately, yeah, I always try and keep simplifying because I do have one of those brains that just runs away. I have a little, sp- I'm, I'm like the bingo spinner, 100%, like jumbly, 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 jumbly. Um, and I do tend to spin out and spiral and things like that for sure. And I'm always trying to just simplify it. And mm. like, I think we are underneath it all. Yeah, we are quite simple. 
we're tribes people at the end of it all and we are just looking for our tribe and our belonging and our food and our things and our relationships and our procreation and blah 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 mm. and I think when we lose sight of that that's when everything gets very complicated and you start doing mad things and you're like why am I making my life so complicated why am I thinking all that why am I so stressed why am I blah 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 and I think you can always I journal a lot bloody carpal tunnel now or carpal tunnel however you say it um because of how much I'm trying to work out my brain on on the page but um but yeah you can always just like bring it back to a um, a very fundamental what are you avoiding and if you're trying to do that well like even you were talking about like groups of people and stuff like that and when you need to leave them and how do you know you need to leave them and even when people ghost each other and people ghosting people I'm like why are you why doing why are you doing these really complicated things when actually it's a very simple need that's either not being met or something a feeling that you're trying not to feel Mm. and it's very always at the end of it I find really simple yeah if you just like simplify it all down so I guess yeah those things are do, do you have stuff you feel you're avoiding now? <laughs> um, yeah, I've defo been, I think I've um, in the past, the first couple of months of this year, um, we're like real intense with work stuff, like great, great, gorgeous, wonderful, brand new experiences and dreams coming true and all this kind of stuff. So like all brilliant, all great. And uh, and I was just kind of like in this place of numbness. Like I couldn't, not that I couldn't enjoy any of it. Like, yeah, you can enjoy it all on the surface level. And I think you have everyone around you as like, mirrors for your experience going oh my god that's amazing like are you so excited and I'm kind of going yeah really non-committal I just wasn't I just couldn't I just like you know I don't know and I was like what is this feeling like I can't I was just so numb to everything and I think then I was just like okay there's something weird happening here because I want to enjoy everything whereas really I just get stressed about everything until it's over I'm just like oh but what if it's not mm. perfect and what if I don't show up and what if not that you know like show up for yourself not yeah. show up literally um, and I was getting really stressed about everything because I wasn't able to enjoy anything and then I got I made myself really sick I got like my nervous system was like really shot and everything and everyone's like oh everything's so great in your life and you're like everything is so great in my life I feel nothing <laughs> I was like what's going on and then yeah so obviously you know all our therapists are are angels but um yeah I think you get down to the crux of it and I think the feeling that I was feeling was just not good enough mm. and I was trying to avoid the not feeling good enough because and I but I not that I was uh, yeah it's weird I think it's weird again complex but the place I'm at at the moment is that I was trying to avoid the feeling of not feeling good enough because that's I guess your imposter syndrome or whatever uh, whatever but I was also using not feeling good enough as my engine for everything so like everything mm -hmm. I was doing was coming from a place of not feeling good enough. And it was like, I was like, oh, wow, it's so weird that you can be trying to avoid a feeling so much, but it can still, even though you're trying to, you're, you're avoiding it completely. Mm. It's actually the one thing that is the, it's your engine. It's like the one thing that's making you do all the things you're doing. And they can be really destructive things sometimes because i.e. like you're feeling like you're not good enough. So therefore, what do you do to make yourself try and be good enough and a lot of the time it's really harsh things that you don't need to do to yourself um so yeah I think that was definitely one of the feelings and, and, and what 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 are those like what's the harshness that you don't need to do to yourself is it I think yeah well I think um back to that like the fame thing the Instagram thing like you know the public appearances again as yourself hmm. I think obviously you're an actor as well you know how easy it is to be like oh it's grand just give me the lines I can do the character hmm. and then I think yeah there was like the red carpet in LA that was a whole new experience and like publicity things and photo shoots and all these things 
And yeah, I guess that was um, trying to, because our just our culture and our job is so aesthetically focused and yeah. aesthetically driven. And I think we're constantly, with the amount of self-work and the amount of, you know, there is more versatility in terms of what the definition of beauty is these days, 100%, but I think you're just, sometimes you're striving for something that really isn't you. And therefore you kind of end up trying to take up less space as a human or restrict yourself, restrict your habits, or else you try and go, I'm going to be the most healthy person or, you know, and I'm going to not do any bad behavior. And then you're really actually not living either. Mm -hmm. Just have a bloody cigarette with a pint if you want. But you know that kind of way. So I think, um, yeah, you can get kind of obsessive or something and very complicated. Everything becomes very complicated when actually fundamentally it's really simple. You feel you're not good enough. You need to tell yourself you're good enough. Mm. And so then I just kind of switch. And then again, the mind is, the mind is so enigmatic, <laughs> but also, yeah. you know, you, it's simple as well. And it's like, you just need to, or what I've been doing is like, well, okay, when I do, I feel myself going for certain behaviors, like, you know, um, behaviors or, sub, you know, substances or things where you're like, I'll just do that. Yeah. And then I'll feel like, but like vaping. Yeah. I'm like, when I'm reaching for a vape, I'm like, oh, why am I doing that? What am I avoiding? I'm avoiding this feeling. Okay. How do I? Okay. Well, that's, you just need to sit with that mm. feeling if you're not feeling good enough right now that's okay mm. so yeah anyway blah y- you know all that sorry there's so much interesting stuff there i, I don't know i'll, <laughs> I'll start with uh, <laughs> uh, the I, I don't even know if i want to leave this in uh, like, i have this awful thought about acting right mm. like an awful thought about it uh and i've kind of always thought it but the older i get the more i think it, or like the more the more evidence i have i, I suppose or the more i see like peers and friends who are doing really well and then, like, looking, just looking at, like, a whole um, plethora of, like, information. Mm. Like, sometimes I'm, like, I actually think the best thing for, like, or, like, when, when I'm thinking about, like, oh, if things aren't going. Because I feel like my the, my attitude to acting and writing is completely different. Mm. Completely different. Like, as a writer, I'm so focused on, like, what's the pain of this story I'm telling? What's the humor? Where's the joy? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. really it's really artful. My relationship to right, my relationship to acting is actually directly correlated with my relationship to my body. Yeah, 100%. Like, I'm like, the most useful thing I could do as an actor is actually probably lose a bit of stone of weight. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, and, and I, I'm, I, that's why I'm like, I don't even know if I want to say this because I know that, it, it, like, that sounds so oversimplistic and mm. so ridiculous but I'm kind of like I sort of kind of know my level as an actor and it, I think it's pretty good mm. uh, I don't think it's like the best in the world but I think it's like absolutely of a level to be doing the kind of projects I want to do and I uh, and if so when you then you start to do right so like how do I you know how do I get what I want or how yeah. do I do the thing I want to do yeah, yeah, yeah. and sometimes I, I go like oh yeah like there's and like there's times where I'm like and and, and like weirdly I feel like my career has done a really bad job of reinforcing that. Like there's 100%. been times where I've been really slim, mm. which is something that like I have to focus on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think we've spoken about this before, but like I was a heavier kid, like weight's mm. something I have a complex relationship. My body's something I have a really complex relationship with. And if I want to be in a in a place where I'm happy with that, like mm. it requires like work and maintenance. And then sometimes when that's been in a really good place, like I would say like last, last summer and like kind of got like a, a movie for kind of the first time yeah, and it was yeah. like a it was a terrible lesson to learn because the 100%. lesson was probably like oh park came up you're really right for and you did a good tape and yeah, meetings yeah, yeah. went well and it happened but like the lesson my brain learned was oh, do you know what you were 84 kilos then and right now you're like 91 yeah 
that's the maths, 100%, you know? 100%, I couldn't agree more. It's so, so difficult. And I think it's just one of those, it's again, it's just, I don't know, the industry is so, it just is so aesthetically driven. I think we're all a little bit head fucked. Um, Cause like, I'm not all. sure I'm wrong. Sorry, I'm, I'm I don't interrupting know that you, you are wrong. No, you're not interrupting it. Well, you are, but go on. Like, <laughs> just that like, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not sure it's, it's so shit. This is so shit. And it's in no shit. way am yeah. I, I, like, I hate this fact. Yeah. I hate this fact. And like, uh, but like, I'm, I'm not sure it's wrong. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, 100% that what your head is telling you is wrong. Yeah, like before, yeah. like, I've like honestly, like, this is so insane. But before I've honestly, like, I've never done this, but I've mm. honestly thought about, I've been in, in like, good shape. And I've honestly, like, there's been an impulse in me to be like, I should email casting directors. Like, I should let them, yeah. I should let them know. I, I'm I'm skinnier than my photo. Or like, you know, like, this yeah. is like insane. For, it's like, insane. Insanity. It is like, pure insanity. Actually, like, almost like a... E- either a sickness in my head or a mm. sickness that like the industry like mm. <laughs> like I don't want to say forces upon us but like it is it, it, is just out there and like if you actually open your eyes like and you look at your screens mm. as exactly as you said with with, uh, with with Nina and stuff and people being like uh, you know like plus size representation but I'd argue it's not even plus size it's actually normal bodily rep- normal, representation any body representation or it's just taking it out of the uh, taking it out of the uh, conversation completely because like I think as well as you're saying there's certain things about our career that do reaffirm this to us on the daily like you know when you do a tape or whatever and they're like oh we need a full body shot of you <laughs> and a slate and um, I'm like why though yeah and a lot of the time I pretend to forget to send them because I'm just like why? Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, they just need to see your body. I'm like, why? No, it's bollocks. It and, like- and I have never, every time, I've never been given like a proper answer yeah. because it's obviously they just want to know what your body looks like. Mm-hmm. 100% fine. But why? What are you looking for? And then if it's so important, put it in the character description or something. I don't know, but explain it to me because I don't think it's important. I think my acting is the important thing. Or I'd like to think, I'd like to hope. Um. But yeah, but I think that's the thing of like, and also we're battling a canon, we're battling history here, we've seen it. Also, Tom, when we grew up, because we're old, not old, but like, oh, when 20s. we grew yeah, you're, your, you're still in your 20s for another month, bitch, less than a month now, oh, yeah. less than a month. Um, but yeah, I think there was, we grew up with a, like a tabloid culture of fat shaming and of all these things. So we receive, I remember reading a thing about programming and about how your brain works. And like when you were, a baby, your brain has more neuro, I'm gonna say all the words wrong, but the the, the the sense of it will be there, but like your neurotransmitters or whatever, um, or your motor, not your motor neurons, your neurotransmitters in your brain, when you're a baby, you have like loads, loads and loads and loads. And by the time, as you grow, you lose them. Mm. So you have less, your brain is making like less new connections all the time as an older person or as you grow. So it's like we absorb so much stuff before the age of seven that is then just locked in there. Mm. And I remember there's like this Jehovah's Witnesses have this quote and they're like, it's probably from some kind of a Greek philosopher actually, but they just took it. Um, and it's like, show me the man or give me the man before, give me, blah, 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 blah. one more time, give me the boy before seven and I'll show you the man the rest of his life. Huh. So they're like, let me insert all my programming into this person before they're seven and then we'll have them for life. Mm. So I think that like, you know, we're bombarded and especially now like kids are on phones a lot earlier and all this kind of stuff. But we're bombarded with stuff before the age of seven from family, from friends, from media, from TV, from Disney films. I watch so many Disney films, so they're just restored in my brain as the ideal of thing. And I know logically now 
that that's not an ideal of beauty and that's not really what I want for my life. I don't want to be a princess trapped in a tower and have some man come rescue me, not at all. But there's a part of my brain that will always resort back to that kind of image or whatever that, you know, and then the rest of your life I feel like is like battling. It's either, yeah, I don't know. The rest, I feel like that my life for the past couple of years has been battling the programming I received growing up. Mm. And I think you can either kind of battle it the rest of your life or kind of succumb to it. And it's like this dance of, yeah, anyway, it's a dance. It's a dance, but like, yeah. Ultimately, I've just been trying to think of like, like what, again, what my engine is mm. and why I'm doing things. And if I'm like eating, I've done a lot, I'm like, I don't really, I've actually done so much work on this now where I actually am in a good place, but even still, the past couple of months because of all the great things that have happened because of all the great scary things and all the feelings I'm trying to avoid I've been and all the new things there's been a lot of new stuff in my life I've been resorting to old habits and old patterns because they're safe they're yeah. comfortable they're um, familiar and when everything around you is like in like a, <laughs> you know, I don't know why I'm thinking of like Indiana Jones mm-hmm. you know when you're trying like he's trying to get from one place and he has to throw the sand to try and work out right. and it's like this like everything is so uncertain and you're just trying to throw sand out trying to look for where you're you're does that, is that reference is not going to make any sense to a lot of people is it <laughs> no it's not I've lost you but I'm enjoying yeah, the hand okay, movements okay. he basically has to he has to get over from one side of this um, canyon mm. to the other and the drop below him is like uh, hundreds thousands of feet like it would kill you instantly and the whole thing is he, there's like there's a way but you have to work out how the way blah 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 mm. and he, he's like smart because he's Indiana Jones and he picks up loads of sand and he just throws it out into the open space and it turns out there's an invisible bridge but when he throws the sand out, the sand lands on the invisible bridge. So he's like, now I found the way. But after that, he's like trying to work it out. And I kind of feel like my life was like that for a bit, like invisible. Everything was invisible and you're just throwing out bits of sand trying to find out where the shore footing is. And mm. when life is like that, I think you resort to like old patterns of behavior that exist from, you know, your primitive bloody brain or yeah. just your very young brain and just for safety. And I think that I've worked out now the question I need to keep asking myself is like, what's my engine? Mm. And it's a question I ask for my characters all the time. Like, what is their engine? And I'm, everyone has their words for it. What's their objective? Blah, 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 whatever. But I'm like, there's always something, some need that's not being filled or that's not being met. And I think that's what's driving you or there's some feeling you're trying to avoid. So you can do all the same things day to day. But I think it's why you're doing them mm. that causes the harm or can cause the change. So like that, if your engine is for me, as it has been the past three months, I'm not good enough. Mm. Yeah, I'm like, go in the gym, I'm eating healthy, I'm like going for walks, I'm my sleep hygiene and blah, blah, blah. But it's done from a place of an ultimately like a negative, um, harmful mm. notion of my own existence as a human, which is wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's obviously just something that I learned when I was very young that like I'm resorting to, so that's fine. So I think, you know, you just change what you're trying to do. And it's like, I'm doing everything I'm doing because I am good enough easier said simple but not easy but like or I'm doing everything I'm doing because I want joy Mm. and I try to set those things I'm like right now I'm in pursuit of joy and health Mm. health and joy and that's the only reason I'm going to do anything and if it doesn't align with those goals I'm just not going to do it love it so I'm here for the joy beautiful let's let's bring the joy let's go let's bring the joy okay oh fuck (laughs) oh my god are they jumping out again Jesus okay we got this one's 58 do you have it no I have 48 do I get points for that no Uh, no I'm very sorry I'm very sorry (sighs) Um, no you're not though (laughs) 58, what's the thing you're most afraid might happen? Uh, 
Mm. I mean, I'm, <laughs> my brain just always goes failure. Mm. Um, and then it's like, what does that mean? Um, yeah, I think that's, again, one of my big fears. Failure. I'm better at that now. I kind of like, I actually like failure now. I kind of embrace it a little bit. I'm like, oh, well. Like, I went on the, I went on Ireland AM a little while ago and said the F word. Really? Yeah. And I, well, I kind of got the first two letters out. I didn't get the final two consonants that yeah. would complete the word. I stopped myself and I apologized to my mother on live TV. And I was kind of like, well, that was a big fail. But also, I was just like, why did that happen, though? And then I was like, because I was so tired. And that's just a, me. It's who I am. I don't see profanity as um, yeah. as a taboo. But like, was there, was there pain in that failure for you? Do you feel? <laughs> or is that like funny? Like, you know, there's funny failure and there's like painful failure. The only, the only pain came from people's reactions. As in, you know, like people being like, you can't do like, you know, mm. you know. And then again, that's not guilt. That's like a shame thing. Yeah, yeah, shame yeah. is from the outside, guilt from the inside or whatever. Yeah. So I was kind of like, but then I was just like, I oh, know, whatever. Because it became something that we could like laugh about. It's also like a learning curve. I was also really tired and like. I had just traveled, I think I was in Bundoran filming on the Friday and then traveled to London on the Saturday and then came home, no, whatever. I went to London on the Friday, came home the Saturday and then was doing Ireland AM on the Sunday and then had to go straight back to Bundoran that night to go and film again. So I was just, I'd run myself ragged and I was yeah. so tired and I was like, there's a failure there, what's the lesson? Don't push yourself so hard, do you know mm. that kind of way? Or something, or else maybe your filter would have been more... Um, like Fort Knox mm, <laughs> but yeah. um but yeah so no I kind of love failure now and I love um but like, like but, but but sorry to interrupt go on what but what is the what is the one you're most afraid of like oh, yeah, what sorry, is, yeah like I yeah it's hard to know I'm trying to be like quite specific because I'm just getting lots of like vague things coming into my brain mm. I have a thing about like exp um exposure being exposed mm. or something ha huh. it's so funny you say that i like had a sorry i go on sometimes sometimes i you give myself like, oh, Tom, it's a conversation it's no, okay it's you can say stuff yeah. um the like i had a a thing it was a work thing and i, and I actually can't be specific about it. i can be specific about it off mic but mm. and i had to like make a decision and it was about like path a path b mm. um and one path was they were both like neither path was brilliant but they were both really exciting N mm. neither one was flawless I should say there were yes. pros and cons yeah. and like and I kind of and the the path that I decided to go down was like the less financially uh, rewarding one but the one that I think is actually like intelligent and artistically mm. fulfilling right um, but but like obviously uh, but it was so funny because the, the que and so my agent was like right we'll go and we'll think about it and you don't have to give me an answer now and before I would have given them an answer now and I would have said, no, just, we'll do it. And then I was like, no, I will actually take a beat. And I actually, I, I had a haircut booked and I never book a haircut. I just show up. But I had a haircut booked and I got the most insane haircut with this guy. He was actually so scary. Like, he was terrifying. Like, and he was really camp and flamboyant, but so aggressive. Yeah, and just Val like... Sherlock. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> Love you, Val. He, he, but he was like kind of hurting me and he was like kind of shouting across the barbershop and there was kids beside me and he was like swearing at them. He was just chaotic. Mm. And he came here in about 12 minutes. And I, I was totally like hoping it would be like a half an hour and chill and I could actually think about this thing and mm. I, I might be a little bit more anti-social than I would otherwise because I love talking to hairdressers of course like yeah my favorite thing. Um, but anyway and I made my decision and I was like this I want to go down this this route and and but I had like one question that I wanted to ask before I 
said that so I was like yeah I think I want to go this way but I have one question like am I being naive mm. like is that naive because I'm like I'm totally happy to take a hit financially I'm totally happy to do all the things but like once it's not naive like I didn't want to be taken advantage of yeah, you, you know sure. what I mean I was like if I'm we're going in with our eyes open and like the pros and cons are what we've analysed that they are yeah. that's grand but like from your like because they're like more dispassionate because it's not attached to their mm. self-worth their self-esteem their dreams you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah exactly and you know ultimately they're like no no I don't think it's naive at all I think it, on balance it's like there's pros and cons for both but like the way you've articulated it, it sounds like this is more mm. in line with what you want to do mm. But if, if they said, yeah, I think it's a bit naive, like I wouldn't have done it. Yeah, of course. You know? I know, it's mad. It's funny. Yeah. But exposed, it, exposed Expo- is different. Exposed or something. Yeah, because you can reveal as much as you want to reveal. Mm. You know, and there's an empowerment to that and then also control in it or something. But there's something about like being, and I don't even know what I mean by that. But like, Is, it, is, that, a new, is that a new relationship thing rather mm. than a work thing? Or is it a... Mm, I think just in general. Mm. Or, yeah. Like someone, like, I don't know, just like, oh, but I didn't know, I don't want the... That wasn't something, you know, there's, you can give so much of yourself and then obviously you're allowed to keep some things for yourself. Mm. So I think, you know, if someone, yeah, I have a fear of, I don't know, I don't know. It's happened a few times where I'm like, no, I didn't want, no, that wasn't for you. That was, mm. that's mine, you know, or something. So I have like a little weird, ooh, like, oh, like a, yeah, I guess it's a violation or something. And just, you know, general fear of abandonment. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, that's standard. Have that. do, standard. Do, do you remember the, the, the time where that feeling came up of like, that um, wasn't for you? Yeah, yeah, it was a work thing, and just like, yeah, I don't know. You just, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to go into specifics at yeah, all yeah, about yeah, yeah. it. But yeah. um, no, it might be for here either. So I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't want to make you go back and <laughs> like, yeah, double no, the try yourself. Yeah, no, no, of course. But um, but yeah, again, it's like it's fine. It's a lesson, mm. and you just gotta like go back and give that person a hug and be like, you were doing your best. Yeah. But um, but yeah, and I think it's again sometimes with again that's that fame celebrity thing as well of like, you know, I know. I was actually watching um, a documentary about George Michael yesterday. Right. I love George Michael so much. Um, I miss him dearly. Um, but uh, And they were talking about, you know, the tabloids and stuff and the guys. They actually interviewed, the at the time, the editor of the Daily Sun, the Magic Star, whatever they're called. Oh, the, Magic the Magic Star. Star. <laughs> love Magic Stars. Um, that was for you, Ashamara. I know you love Magic Stars. Um, but... Uh, yeah, and they're just talking about like, well, like you know, once you're, once you're um, a pop star or whatever, you're fair game, because mm. you're in the public eye. So like, we can kind of do what we want with you. And I was just like, oh, I was like, God, that's so, like, it's that's a vulture to me. Like, that's mm. a vulturistic kind of. <laughs> that's not a word, but anyway, um, I was like, wow, that's a really ugly way of of thinking about it. Just because, you know, everyone should be allowed to do the job that they love, and not have to give all of themselves but but especially when so much of that job and like the people that you love in those jobs be it mm. pop stars or actors or writers or whatever mm. the thing is like so much of what presumably makes them extraordinary enough to be at that level mm. is that they do give so much or like they do reveal yeah. so much in exactly. their art you know yeah. what I mean in the role in the script that's in the, the song thing. exactly it's that's so, so interesting counterintuitive yeah. then like I think then when you feel like that's weaponized against you that yeah. I think that like and like it's something that I probably think about a lot because and I'm trying to reassess my relationship to this probably now but like Mm. again sometimes it's that weird thing that your work tries to teach you like the the most successful thing I've ever done was a completely true story about like all the worst things that I've ever done Mm. and that have happened to me and and all this stuff so it's like 
so it's like there's like various lessons you could learn from that but like I think the wrong lesson would learn to be that like you kind of have to like self eviscerate yourself like um, mm. constantly throughout your life to you know make art that's worthwhile for other yeah, people fair. I think it's the wrong lesson I think the for right sure. lesson is probably that oh you know your work's really good when you find a personal way in and when mm. you are trying to work something out and like that but I think that's all great yeah. and that's absolutely one I want to like go further with in my life but I think like for instance if uh, like you know as that show like uh you know it's gonna go to on tour and to edinburgh and like there's other things where it's gonna it's like fingers mm. crossed it'll like scale and yeah. be seen by loads of people and uh whatever might come with that but like i think if some of the the detail in that was to be like weaponized or or used yes. in a way that i didn't really feel like i consented to exactly, which yeah. is very possible yeah i think i'd struggle a lot 100 percent I agree. And I guess that's the thing of like when people are like, yeah, but you know, you're an actor. You want to be famous. It's like, it's real hard when, and it's hard to understand yourself as well because obviously that whole fame, it is like addictive. Like I can say, sorry, I wanted to say a few things there about that. Mm. Yeah, f I think it's a very fine line. I remember again, again, documentaries, Pamela Anderson documentary mm. about where she was like, they were like, oh, but you know, the sex tape or whatever, you know, that's just, you do that for a living. She's like, no, I don't. I pose for pictures and like Playboy and everything. And that's that's what I'm I'm being paid for that work also. Um, and like, well, not that that's the point. I said that as if it's the point. It's not. But, you know, there's a certain amount of it's a job. There's a professionalism. There's a, a contract a consensuality to this. I've agreed. There's an artistic nature to it and blah, blah, blah. And whereas they're just seeing the naked female form of Pamela Anderson in both ways, where it's like one thing is her revealing bits of herself for her job and the other thing was like complete exploitation and exposure of a private moment and it's that thing of like you know when people really shamed her at the time because they were like well you're always getting your tits out so like why is this different and I just think that like there it is a grey obviously a grey and complex little fine line but um but I do think and especially as, as actors and as people who are makers and especially when your work is the way that it is I do think you have to reserve certain parts of yourself just for yourself and I don't think there's anything wrong with that and I think it sometimes can be hard for for people to grasp and even as like um, even for your characters like you have to protect yourself I remember when I was a very young actor and um, there was like a particularly like emotional scene or whatever and I hadn't learned the whole I hadn't been trained really yet properly um, and I was working with a director and they just what they were like you know you're going to really need to go to like a really dark place and like think about this and think about that and they were and I was kind of like you know you know in yourself this feels so wrong in your body mm. but they're but you're like oh but I want to do a good job and they're t and you know you're kind of young naive and being told that this is what it is and you know they end up like pulling really horrible traumatic stuff out of you to use it for the performance or for their show and that won't work every time do you know what I mean and, um, and I think that was something that I learned very early on, which is something that, because I felt so exposed in that moment. Mm. And I had to leave the rehearsal room, I wasn't okay. I had to like go, couldn't finish the rehearsal day and stuff. And I think there's something about that that I think that in this job, yeah, my biggest fear is probably like, used to be failure, but now I love it. And maybe I'll learn to love exposure as well. But yeah, there's mm. something about that kind of violation of, yeah, of yourself or of the things that, you know, you don't have to give all of yourself to, do a good job or to connect with people or to whatever. I don't know. Mm. 
I'm kind of made my point and I'm talking in circles. Do, do you feel like with the, say since you last did the podcast, which I don't know, but I'd say it's probably, it's probably four or five years ago anyway. Yeah. Like, and like obviously a lot of this changed because I feel mm. like that is one of the main things we're talking about mm. naturally because it's new and it's mm. kind of exciting and it's, uh, and, and all of the rest of it. But do you, do you feel like you have a lot more, I guess my fantasy about if, mm. if my career gone exactly like your career is like, oh, but the, like for all the being like, I can see how that's stressful. I can see how mm. that's hard. I'd be like, I would have more agency over my career and what I want to do, which I would like. Mm. Is that true? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's the reality? Um. <laughs> like, is it is it the exact same as, it, it can't be the exact same though as like 2018 or 19. No, no, it's not. You're dead right. It's not. Um, no, it's not. I'm trying to I'm like. And like I'm not. And I. And when I you say agency, do you mean over? Like I guess. I guess like, like the fact that like, you know, now you're part of like a genuinely huge TV show and like have shouldered some of the responsibility and the success of that. You know, mm. and when in our industry everybody's looking for a sure thing everybody's looking for a, a track record no one wants to really take a risk you know mm-hmm. what I mean um, you are a lot closer to that than you would have been in, in yeah. 2018 yeah for sure yeah 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 what have been the implications of that or how has that changed like I suppose I guess like your access to like jobs that you might want to do next or that kind of thing yeah I think it's yeah it's interesting I mean Definitely, I was because I did listen to a little bit of the podcast from years ago yeah. when I before doing this, and then I was like, I couldn't lie, I was like, I can't. Yeah, at hard. the start, I was like, Who is she? Was it cringy? <laughs> it's so cringy. Yeah. Oh my god, I hated it. Um, but we're having a great time, which yeah. is really beautiful. Oh, good, so good, that's good. lovely. Um, but yeah, and I was like, Oh god, who is she? Like, who's that girl? And then I always just like, Oh god, I have this thing with my past selves, my inner children, yeah. and I'm like, Just go give her a hug. Like, and yeah. I also was like, Oh my god, like if I told her then and there on that podcast, you'd be coming back and doing a podcast after being you know, like on a Netflix show or whatever, yeah. I'd probably be like, oh, lol, I'd laugh. Yeah. Also, it would take a lot of the stress out of the past five years or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's, um, I think you are, because we live in a, or there has been a, a tradition of, you know, the big break. Yeah. And then you get the big break and it's all smooth sailing from there. Mm. Whereas I don't see that and I don't feel, and I haven't seen it or felt it in in my career thus far. Um. I think that I was hoping for that. And I think that I learned that very early on because when I left college, I came out in the train with Rough Magic, which was like, you know, an amazing musical and incredible cast, one of the top theater companies in Dublin. I had an agent. I was like, this is my big break. (laughs) It's like, I am, here we go. It's going to be smooth sailing. And it just wasn't. I did that show and then didn't work again until like the end of 2016 or something. Yeah. It was really dark. It was really scary. I got a job in a cocktail bar and then that was the road. Um, and I think in similar ways to this, like, you know, I did. I was like, oh, my God, wow. There's a certain clout and weight, obviously, that Netflix brings. Um, that it had absolutely, I'm sure, has helped 100%. Um, and I was like, again, probably had that mentality a little bit. But also I had learned that very early on that actually... I don't know that everyone's journey is different, but I don't see mine that way mm. or hasn't been. I think obviously it was tricky because we filmed it. Season one came out in 2021. Was it April? 20, what, do you, what year is it now? 2023. Yeah. So April 2021. And then 
it wasn't picked up straight away and it wasn't greenlit like that, like Bridgerton was. And we didn't film again. You know, now it's like when I was cast, I think I was 26 or 27 mm. and I'm only seeing season two now and I'm 30 and mm. we still have no guarantee that season three is even going to be a thing. So I think as well, when I when we filmed Shadow and Bone and then I got my London agent straight after we wrapped, and then we went straight into a pandemic. <laughs> like, yeah. Nothing happened. So again, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, no, it's still just as hard. It's definitely so much easier, 100%. But I don't, I don't feel that, um, I don't feel that like, I'm kind of like, oh, there, there's loads of scripts rolling in. There's not, I still... I had like one tape, I think, in the two tapes maybe in the past two months. Yeah. So there's still that feeling. And I think that maybe it's a good realization because it's just like you're only as good as the graph that you put in and you're only as good as your last job or your next job. And um, and every time you do a job, it should get harder. It should get harder to get the next one. It should get harder to do the next one because mm. I think you want to be growing and challenging yourself all the time so you want the goalposts to be moving mm. every time so if it started to feel very easy I'd probably be like ooh am I challenging myself enough or am I being ambitious enough with my choices or blah 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 so um, so yeah I would say absolutely it's been such a lovely like I'm so grateful for this job it's it, I don't want to be dramatic or anything but it does kind of feel like it changed my life a little bit it definitely yeah. changed my worth as an actor it changed how people like look at me or how people talk about me um, but I still do feel that I still feel the weight of unemployment right now mm. I'm still scared for the future right now I'm still like sent a tape yesterday or last week and I still am like why do I have to do that body shot? <laughs> I feel like shit. Um, what is happening? You know, I'm trying to find somewhere to live at the moment and on my references and my financials and they're like, we need your salary for the year. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. um, we need to know when your next job. I'm like, I don't know what that is. I'd love to get a mortgage, but you're kind of getting laughed at because you're an, a you know, that kind of way. So mm. it's still, you. Ha it's like, it doesn't just, here's the learning. It doesn't solve your problems. Yeah. It doesn't solve all the problems. You can still have, all the same stuff, issues. As I've said, the past three months, I've still been going through like a lot of weird struggles that mm. I've created for myself 100%. But even when things are all great, if there's any underlying issues, it's not going to solve that, do you know? Yeah, of course. Sorry, that was a really long-winded way. No, no, it was beautiful. We have time for one more role. Okay, great. And I should, I w I'd like to add a, add a tic-tac onto that um, <laughs> last question. Shake your tic -tacs. Which is to say, like, uh, like also, with all that said, what what I should have actually said that question mm. with is that I don't think anyone who like knows you knows you mainly, but also knows your work, but mainly knows you is mm. in any way surprised and every, like ah, it, it, like capital. and it's it's so <laughs> amazing. Yeah, you. you you won't like that. You won't like to hear. No, that. I'm you probably find it hard to hear that. that. You're looking at the floor. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> but Christ. but like it, it's not only like deserved. Yeah. It's actually um, very. Um, it's just really nice to mm. see. Yeah. Thank you. But yeah. also, I just have to say, and mm. this is obviously like, you yeah, humble. But no, like, I was asked in an interview there recently um, about like who, you know, when people are like, oh, the actors that inspire you. And you're like, oh, yeah, Kate Blanchett, Kate Winslet, or blah, blah. And I was just like, no, actually. <laughs> like, it's my friends. Mm. It's all the people around us here, the group, our generation of actor, our peers. It was really hard. It's really, really, really hard. And when I see my friends doing so well, you know, like I've like a little group of four um, that we all went to college together and we're still really close to this day. And it was like, 
you know, the Irish Times Theatre Awards were there and they were all up for nominations and yeah. some of them have won. And, you know, obviously to see those and like also like one of my other friends is like double jobbing on like an Abbey job and this other thing. And my other friend has just like gotten written a film. And, you know, in any way, I'm kind of like, they're the people I'm trying to keep up with. Yeah. They're the people that inspire me the most because I think it's very easy when you're Kate Blanchett or Kate Winslet or something. You know, I'm sure it's, has, it comes with its own difficulties exactly as I've just said about myself, the success and whatever. It still can be really difficult. But I think there's a certain kind of tenacity and like boundless and like, what seems can seem infinite kind of creativity and struggle that kind of go hand in hand with trying to make theatre and make art over here in Dublin. And I think that, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the same thing happened to any of them, basically, mm. do you know, that kind of way. And sometimes mm. it's not about because you're better, it's about your luck or it's about whatever. But thank you anyway for saying that lovely thing. But I just wanted to say the same about all my friends here, you included, like, yeah. they're the, you're the ones that inspire me the most. Yeah, so I always yeah, yeah. want to come home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't even think we need to do one more. Actually, that just on that mm. with the home is that like that this is home. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, because you've lived elsewhere. Yeah, I was in London for a bit, um, and then I guess for season two we lived in Budapest for seven months, if we can count that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna say that. Like, I definitely I want my kids to be Irish. Mm. Or if I don't have a kid, then I want my dog to be Irish. I guess, or my dog to be brought up. That always blows my mind. Is that like there's like. <laughs> like dogs like with an Afghani accent or something like I'm always like that makes no sense, like, makes no sense. <laughs> but you know for whatever whatever legacy I leave um, I want that to be from uh, Dublin or Ireland and I want that to live and exist and thrive and be and be brought up in, in whatever in this place where mm. I grew up which I think is so special and beautiful and blah 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 although Dublin's literally one of the grimmest cities to be in at the moment. I still have a very poignant hope and love for its um, restoration, I guess, or something like that. Um, but uh, but yeah, but I definitely will go. Like I love traveling. I will go, will go, will go. But um, but yeah, I just think there's something special about here, special about home. I'm a home bird. I could never, I just love it to bits. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I just yeah. hate the tax situation, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm home. happy. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah home. we're home birds. Um, okay. You know that Instagram and all that we were giving out about. Well, no, mm. more importantly, I know in particular maybe it'd be good to talk about Lakelands because that's yeah. coming out soon. Oh, yeah. yeah, this is really your time to tell us where we can Amazing. see it, find you and yeah, all that good cool stuff. Cool beans. Um, I guess the, the one, we'll start with Lakelands. Lakelands is out in the UK and Irish cinemas in um, on May the 5th. Um, so that's like a small independent um, Irish film. Home, born and bred in um in the Midlands of Ireland by uh, Robert, um Higgins and Paddy McGivney. It's starring Aina Hardwick. Um, so that's like a domestic story about a gal player and a farmer who sustains a concussion on a night out, and it's kind of about um, I guess the seriousness of con concussions. You know, all the rugby players are mm. taking the IRFU to the cleaners at the moment mm -hmm. about it. But um, but yeah, it's about that, and it's about when he has the sustains the the in in injury um about like loss of side loss of sidona what loss of identity and self-worth and all the things that go along with that and about his struggle through that so it's a very very it's just a very beautiful film and i know that i'm in it so i'm biased but i just think it's really special so mm. please go see it um and then season two of shadow and bone is currently on netflix um so yeah get those hours up for us lads if you want a season three um <laughs> yeah. so yeah so season two is is kind of picks up where season one leaves off obviously but um 
it is a lot more expansive. We see a lot m- new. We see a lot more worlds now um, than we did in season one in the Grishaverse. We have new characters, new leads, like all your favorites from the books are finally all together. The Avengers are finally assembled. Nice. Um, so yeah, so I think it's interesting um, in terms of the storyline as well. There's a lot of stuff about backstory and um, the characters, why they are, how they, oh, I just dropped the bingo ball on the chair, mm-hmm. um, about how the characters got to where they are, about their heritage and things like that, which is just really nice and special. So yeah. Um, and you, then you were, in, you were on my telly last night. I was a, on your telly last night. Sexy Dude, pharmacist. You just muted, like just. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, the sexy pharmacist. Um, her name's Molly. <laughs> Actually, yeah, she didn't have a name. She was called Sexy Pharmacist when really? the audition came in. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, yes, I I, I had writing something at the moment, and I have a character called Sexy Goth. Sexy. And I, I actually can't pick another name, like because I'm like, then I'd have to explain that, like I don't need like. I'd have to explain that she's a sexy goth, but it's just so much easier. Like, <laughs> sexy goth, you know 100%. what that means? Yeah, uh, we mean, all know it, it. It is demeaning and it is uh, a little <laughs> bit like shallow, but I don't care. But it's also, we're allowed to find people sexy. Oh, yeah. And yeah. also, Especially goths. goths, I think, would be proud of being called a goth. Mm, oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know that kind oh, of way? Oh, it's said like, with like it's love. A, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas like goth is like a self, like they decided they were goths and owned their image as goths. Yeah. As opposed to calling someone something else that would be more derogatory. Anyway, um, yeah, and so I was on your TV last night in Kin. I'm only there for a couple episodes, there for a good time, not a long time. Amazing. Um, but yeah, with the wonderful Charlie Cox. So yes. Molly is a lovely pharmacist, and I think basically she's basically a foil for him, and just is like obviously doesn't really exist in the criminal world, so it becomes kind of an option for him mm. into like a window into another way of living and a way of life. So um, so yeah, that's lovely. Amazing. And I think that's it. Daniel Galligan, thanks so much for being the last guest of Personality oh Bingo God. Season 2. Thank you very much for having me be the last guest. Thanks, pal. <laughs> so, guys, that was the amazing Danielle Galligan playing Personality Bingo. Danielle, if you're listening, thank you so much. It was so good to do the chat. It was so good to check back in. And I really hope you enjoyed it, even a smidge, as much as I did. Guys, the biggest thing to say is thank you so much for being back on board the Personality Bingo Bus for Season 2. The biggest shout out to the amazing Head Stuff Podcast Network for, as always, looking after us so brilliantly. To the amazing Megan for her brilliant work, as always, editing things, making things sound so good and keeping me on track. And believe me, I need it. Also to the wonderful Connor Nolan for our beautiful, beautiful artwork, as always. And to my pal, Leah Moore, for our incredibly catching theme music. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the journey for season two. As always, if you did enjoy the podcast, make sure you share it with a friend. They're going to be there, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. They're not going anywhere. So please continue to share. And really, just to say thank you so much. It's been so enjoyable, so fulfilling to go back in to do a season two. I was curious, and I'll never say never, but for who knows. Now, that's it. Good luck. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.